100% it works. You sure about that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel good about it. Fair enough. Whenever you're ready. Oh, we on? I've already hit record. All oh, right, yeah. okay. <laughs> G'day and welcome to Bums on the Bench. My name is Jacko and with me are two returning guests that came with me on my adventure last year, the Jack Wallace social show experience. With me are the two most popular guests from last year, Josh and Simon couldn't make it so Andy's filling in for Simon. How are we boys? Uh, I'm just pissed at Simon. I'm really upset they didn't actually show up today. I was looking forward to hearing some of his input from all the cricket games that we've been to over the past you know, few months. Well, I know, what right. I've learned about Simon is there's a, there's a distinct gap between what Simon does <laughs> oh, Jesus no. and what Simon says. <laughs> <laughs> Smiles all around. Gentlemen, last we recorded, I can't remember. But since then, here's my memory of you two. We went to a couple of cricket games. Josh and I did some arts and crafts in the stands. Andy sat slightly further and further away from us as we continued to form what I can only describe as suits of armour from assortments of KFC buckets and six and four signs. We did good at the cricket as a country. America's doing an election again, so you know what that means for everybody involved. Uh, We also met Canadian... um uh, Stark. Yeah, we did. We actually, you know, who else we met? We met Pop and Lock. Oh, our favorite dancer. A lot's happened. So, cast your mind back to December. December. Was that when we last recorded or November? No, it was like start of November. Cast your mind back to end of November, boys. Tell the listeners what you've been up to. Jerking off. Nice, Andy. <laughs> um. They just go on a cricket, go on a work, and then. Well, look, judging by the face of Andy's misses, <laughs> I would probably get frowned upon if I also said just jerking it, but I would be lying. So yeah. I um. What have I been up to? Look, much the same, much the same, and that's that's why we're You've back. You've been jerking it too. <laughs> yes, I have been, but. It's all right. We're two minutes in. We haven't lost sponsors. Well, we didn't start with any to begin with. Can't lose what you don't have. What do you mean? We do have a sponsor oh, this week. we do. Way. Yeah, Tom. No. Oh. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by Air. It's really good for you. Oh, Air. That's right. Yeah, so we do. We've lined up a bunch of sponsorships to roll out through the year. And I'll check my notes, which I wrote down from our discussion, our, our business meetings. We've actually got the next three lined up after this as well. Uh, water, wind, and fire. Exactly. Yep. Uh, All the elements. Well, no, plasma, <laughs> plasma, plasma was neither here nor there. I never said Earth either. <laughs> we said did. the important said ones. Earth. I said, oh, so air, water, and fire. Did he say Earth? I'm pretty no. sure he said. He said Earth. I most certainly did not. I don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it. Was a bit. <laughs> Look, essentially, we we spoke about sport last year, and then we realised is that as much as we enjoy sport, we actually really don't watch a lot of it. So. We wanted this year just to kind of feel like you've opened BuzzFeed and you're just being bombarded. So our first segment is, what element are you? Answer these <laughs> 10 questions <laughs> to find out. Uh, question one, do you like it when it's hot? 
when it's cold, when you're outside, or when it's windy. I forgot which elements I'd done. Which one, Andy? Definitely the cold. Mm, definitely feels like earth signs to me. Josh? <laughs> I really like tornadoes. Tornadoes? Mm, fire vibes. Fire vibes. <laughs> Question two. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to do that all day. Uh, I went to my first game of Big Bash Cricket. Here's, here's what I learned. Firstly, they don't check if you've actually properly paid at the coffee van. Oh, really? No. I've I've had four coffees at the Big Bash. I have paid for exactly zero of them because they go, don't worry, just tap your card. And then I look at the screen and nothing pops up on it. And then there's an angry man behind me who goes, move. So then I just take my coffee and leave. Fair. Um, commentary is very important. Turns out for me when I engage in sports, Josh, you can attest to this. That <laughs> if there is not a voice in my head that goes, and now they're about to play the game. I won't watch a single bit of the fucking game. I went to one whole game and I think I saw the ball got hit twice. It was this, it was the first home game of the Sixers. I saw two hits of cricket and we won. We also determined that it takes exactly 14 overs into the second innings for you both to go full goblin <laughs> at the cricket. Because I think that's when we had KFC man appear. They just turns out they just give them fucking buckets away to and there is no there's no quality control over no, who there's gets not. stacks of buckets. And when you have two people with ADHD in the stands, yeah, that that second innings, it just goes into, well, let's see what we can make into these. I saw Josh throw a paper plane from I don't know, maybe fourteen rows back. Nail it. <laughs> Good story about the paper planes. It was the not the last game we went to, but the one before that. There was an announcement over the stands saying Hey, can we please stop throwing the paper planes onto the field? It's really distracting for the batters. To which a thousand paper planes were then thrown onto the field. They were fucking littered all over the place. They had to clean up in the mid, like the innings changeover. And within five minutes of the <laughs> second inning started, there was a thousand back on the field. Did you know that they didn't like have any at the grand final match? Like, I, I did. Didn't, yeah, there was like none that flew down. I'm like, I think they learned their lesson from the previous game. Like, yeah, we're not doing this anymore. That's what me and Reese determined because yeah. we were like, man, where's the four and six signs? We can't make paper planes. And they're like, no. Like, I, I, I think, quite frankly, it removes from the spirit of what cricket is. And that's being a total douchebag to the batters while out in the field chanting weird things. And I'm just yelling at them in just good spirit, though. Agreed. How, how else are we supposed to have fan interaction and engagement if we're not there balking them out trying I, to get on the home team? So I can think of one. Yeah. The Mexican wave when it hit the member stand. <laughs> in what I can only assume was a, the first shot in Australia's eventual class warfare <laughs> was... <laughs> what game was that in? That it's was every game. Every single every it's game. every game that happens. A Mexican wave will start. It will start down where we were sitting, which was normally the Victor Trumper stand or the Bill O'Reilly stand. And if you're not familiar with those stands, it's where the poor people sit. Yeah, because they're cheaper tickets. And then the Mexican way would start there and it'd go clockwise all the way around this big oval. Anti-clockwise. Anti-clockwise, whatever, Trevor. <laughs> Until it hits these very historical stands at the SCG. They've been there since the 1800s and they're called the Members Stand and the Ladies Stand. And they don't wave, so... A resounding boos all around the ground until it hits the start of, I want to say that's the, I don't even know, the Barongle stand. Yeah, <laughs> I do actually know that. That's the Barongle stand. <laughs> just members entirely. Like, it doesn't matter if they even participate. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they, they don't because they realize that we're going to boo them anyway, so there's no point. However, 
I'm just glad to know that they take it in good spirit because fuck those guys. Yep. Just join in on the wave. Just We're have all fun. excited. We're all having fun. And there you are with your shade, with your members stand. With thinking, your Range Rovers. Thinking you're better than us. Well, no more. <laughs> <laughs> they got bullied real bad. It's all great. Summer. It's fit, and it's happening again today. We have what, what I'm going to announce as a game of cricket on in the background. We do. It's Australia versus the West Indies in the second one day international. Yes. And the team has just been announced and Jake Fraser McGurk is opening. I'm actually really happy about that. I was I was curious who was going to be replacing tra- uh, the bin lid, our World Cup hero, Travis Head. Why is he called the bin lid? I don't know, but that is his nickname. And he will forever be the bin lid in my eyes because that's a fucking great nickname. You know he's doing something real dumb with it, hey? Like... Some drunken ad- ad- antics where he's gone ripped off a bin lid off something, skated down a hill. I've got him as my display picture on my work chat now. <laughs> the the specific <laughs> photo of him doing the guns after winning the World Cup is my my work display picture. Why and why isn't he playing today? He's being rested because he's he's in shit form. Valid, very valid. Way to Speaking of shit form, I went and experienced the life of a Sydney Sixers cricket fan this summer because. All my friends, you two included, are all Sixers fans, and it's because they're better. I got it. They are. They are. But when it really came down to it, though, oh god! When it really comes down to it, I didn't get to live my Sixers fantasy, but you boys certainly got to live the Thunder fantasy this year by watching your team just shit the bed when it mattered. Granted, that was once this year. Not how many games did the Thunder play? That many games for us this year. You did miss the most important game for the Thunder. Because we went. It was a fantastic game to watch when Warner, in his infinite grace and beauty, decided to come in on a lovely little helicopter thinking he's going to be the king of this game. He's going to be the hero. And, I mean, he stayed out there the longest. With how many runs? Yeah, fuck all. (laughs) (laughs) It got to the point where I remember I'd stopped watching the games because I went, this isn't worth my time. So I started watching the highlights the, the day after with like a morning coffee. It got to the point where even in the highlights, there was commentators heard on the mics being like, they do this every week. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like even your highlight commentary from your season is commentators going like, I don't even know why they ran. Can you believe that? Look, another run out where there shouldn't have been one. So I'm, I'm done with the green machine for the Big Bash moving forward, I can't do it anymore. You're going to get in some magenta? Yes. You can Good. Watch, you can watch our team choke right at the very end when all our bowlers seem to manage to keep it a competitive game during the grand final, only for all of our batsmen decide to do absolutely nothing, take no runs, go for no heavy hits, and just quite frankly disappoint us all. It was like watching the Dragons play footy. I'm a little bit salty, <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Great game at the start. Just... Pain. There's Brisbane one men on fire. Just because they're the heat. They brought the heat. My only criticism was Socky didn't get one more wicket. He finishes his BBL career 99 wickets off it, 100 games. It would have been nice if there was one more in there Just for one. Him. His wicket, though, fuck me, that was a good call. Oh, yeah. Like, I didn't even see it. And then, yeah. then went up through review, didn't even realize it actually bounced off these pads before it hit the bat. It was such a great idea to review it. Yeah. Kept like, us in the game, but fuck. Didn't do much in didn't the Didn't do much in the end. No, but fucking what a review. So cricket, very successful for our country over the 
on the whole, though. Yep. Yes. We Boxing Day Test Series, we did, we, which was against Pakistan. We dominated. Destroyed them. Then, though, the weird one, which just finished, which was the West Indies. One that we're currently seeing on the screen as we speak. Mm-hmm. Yep. We should have. It, it should have been like a no-watch cricket tournament. Like, yep, the boys are just going to go out. It's a matter of formality. There should be nothing in here. And for the first test... That, that was it. That was literally it. it kind was, of what it was. It was a three-day test that was just petered out because there's no fight in the Windies. However, in the day... One night, man! <laughs> One okay, man. I'll give Samar Joseph this. First bowl in test cricket, he gets Steve Smith. And from only there, it went up. This kid has just seriously... That second test, and I'm not... I'm not the biggest cricket watcher in the world, but I watched a good chunk of it. Couldn't miss a bowling line if he tried. And you got to consider that the night before he got retired hurt because the ball hit him on the toe and broke his toe. And then he came out the next day and just performed this miracle for the Windies. What was it? Was it seven wickets? Six wickets. Six or seven wickets seven. on the day, yeah. Seven for 54 or something like that. In test against what? us. Against us, which is like a very, very good test side. Hmm. We're, we're the world champions at test cricket at the moment. Yeah. For the next year and a bit. Yep. And this is, and literally, like, they're, a couple of their batsmen put in decent-ish knocks throughout the cup, the two games. Yes. But there, there was never one point when you were like, oh, these three guys have put the, the West Indies on their back and lifted them through it. No, it's just this one bowler. It was Absolutely. Shamar Joseph. Absolutely destroying us but everywhere it's, you looked. It's also indicative of a disappointing performance from Australia who's come in They're thinking, you know, we're going to be a bit more safe. We're going to have our usual test team come in, go no Warner, and they're going to start, you know, exploring ideas like how they have with Sutherland today. But I'm just still noticing there's no Bancroft and there's no Renshaw. And if we're going to look for the future of our test cricket team with an aging team that's really starting to show that we're going to decline in a few years we need our new fresh batsman to come in and wouldn't this have been the two test series where we could start to debut and test out some new re- uh, revolving talent i i agree i think looking at the test side at the moment there are two significant changes that need to be made regardless of what you think of them the first one is Cam- cameron bancroft needs to come into the side somewhere Mm-hmm. He's the highest score of runs in Australian conditions under Shield. I know in first class conditions, Renshaw has a higher average, but he went and played over in county cricket over the the English summer, which upped his average a bit. The second one, and I hate to say it, is Cameron Green is two years too early. You reckon it's been a little bit of a disappointment bringing him in now and things he needs to get a little bit more well, I think under his belt? Ne- I think he needs to go back to Shield cricket for two years. Just be like, look, you're going to get back in the squad. There's no there's no chance he won't get back in the squad. He just needs more red ball cricket under his belt. Right now, he's just doing everything he is. Like he's in this one-day team right now when WA's over playing in, at the Wacker right now in a four-day game, which is probably where he needs to be. Another person who needs to go do that is Labashane. Labashane's been out of form for quite a while, and instead of playing in the Shield game and the Gabba today, he's here playing white ball cricket, and he might not even get a bat. You know what I mean? So some of these players need to come out, go back to Shield Cricket, get their, find their form in a way, and we can replace them with a Renshaw, with a Bancroft. 
fill the gaps where we need. Like right now, we're playing the fucking Windies in a one-day game. We're the World Cup one-day champions. We've got people to come in and do that shit. You know what I mean? And it's just going to keep, you know, highlighting the faults within our teams, especially by getting, um, by Joseph doing seven wickets on us. It's showing the fact that we're faltering under even new talent that they're starting to bring in to revitalize themselves. And I think we might get left behind if we don't actually start moving forward. I want to commend Shamar Joseph as well in the press conference post his domination of us, which is what it was. It was a domination. Oh, yeah. He said he doesn't care what offers come to him. He wants to play test cricket for the Windies. And it actually choked Brian Lara up, who was in the room, who's one of the Windies' all-time greats. And even he's like, yeah, I had a tear in my eye because he said that because there's no players that want to do that for us. And it is the nature of cricket where the the tradition of the test match being like seen as the, the premier thing, which it still is, is really important and mm-hmm. it needs to be maintained. But in order to, you know, kind of make your name, be the superstar athlete, get the deals that you need, you kind of also have to play the opposite style of cricket, which is, you know, if you're a career big basher, you spend a little bit of time in Australia over summer, a decent chunk in India, you can dip over to the English one as well. You can play like four or five comps a year on insane rates. Like none of them stack up to what you get paid in India. But, you know, if you do a a pretty moderate run in Australia, one in India, one in England, you're looking at earning in that one year more than you would being a test legend over the same time period. However... I have never really understood tests and test cricket until this year and this summer where I'm like, as much as we're like, oh, you know, the cricket's kind of dying out. No, I just think a lot of young cricket fans haven't aged up to the point where test cricket actually makes sense as a sport you can enjoy and watch. Mm. It's the same as drinking beer. It's the same as like liking certain vegetables where it's like, I think there's just an age you hit where something changes in your metabolism where you go, Oh, yeah, nah, test cricket actually makes sense to me. I was like, no, beer tastes good now. And sitting there doing fuck all for five days with nothing on the telly is actually a dream. Mm. So the sport's not dying. The kids just aren't old enough yet. (laughs) If anything, I think we could take it even further and darker. It's usually that they haven't been broken down enough yet. (laughs) Because quite frankly, the people that say, "Mm, I want to sit on a TV, I want to sit watching TV five days doing nothing. So the ones that get home from work and go... And so I think we need to really inspire our future politicians to break down our kids further. If we're saying that the only way to save Test Cricket is to vote the Liberals back in, boys... No, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Not doing it. (laughs) If we need to break them kids, though. Like when I get choked during sex, (laughs) I'm turning blue. It's true. It's very rare. (laughs) (laughs) Look, you really want to do it. Let's just vote yellow. Palmer United all the way. Well, let's talk about politics then, gentlemen. Oh, God, no. While we're we're here. Oh, my fault. So let's do it. Let's do it. So (laughs) Australian politics has been, I want to say, slightly quiet, but we've had a couple. No, it hasn't. (laughs) No, it's it's not been slightly quiet. It's all over the fucking news. And it's all over the wrong side of the news. Would that side of the news, which and we'll call it what it is, which is Sky and Rupert Murdoch's news. It's the rich cunt's fucking It's the news. rich people's news. They not always have something to talk about. I'm not cutting that. They all, yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> is it not? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to say <laughs> now? 
Only in certain spots. It will be squeaked over. But <laughs> I, I actually have a squeaky toy. Oh, <laughs> Is it, it, squeak over it now. It's a very, it's a laborious manual process. Andy sits there <laughs> I with a headphone on it's and so a annoying. squeaky toy with a live mic and listens back and squeaks over the track. I don't know if that's actually what you do. And if it is literally what you do, you've got to find a better way because that's fucked, bro. <laughs> You're not far off what I have to do. <laughs> do you have a sound bite? I have a soundbite that I copy into the file, <laughs> but then I have to like stretch it out to the to the level of the word we have said, and then I have to completely mute the word without fucking up the whole sentence. I'm so sorry for this. It's going to sound like a squeaky duck, but a bomb's falling. It was going to be easy until you spoke. If you hadn't spoke when you did, it would have been an absolute... Yeah, because you would have just been able to remove it. Just to remove that one little bit on but Josh's track. because I've jumped in the back there, it's now three tracks. And we now can't... it's fucking annoying. So, boys, did you <laughs> or did you not participate in our nation's great call to arms, which is boycotting the fact that we're not selling Chinese-made Australian-name merchandise for one day? I didn't give a fuck. So you did join the boycott because you didn't buy anything. What about you? I forgot. So you joined the boycott. I also joined the boycott accidentally because none of us really cared about it. But for anyone who doesn't listen... It, 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 the only people that cared about it were people who earn over $180,000 a year. Realistically. So by our powers combined, in four or five years of hard work, we will nearly be able to care about it if we combine our net worths. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> four or five years? Maybe like... Of hard 10, work. 15. But then it all gets taxed back to the government, so. Yeah, so our, our big political issue was Australia Day came around and Woolworths and Coles decided to stop selling Australian Day merchandise because nobody buys it. But this year it was a big problem. And don't forget, only Woolworths came out and said they wouldn't sell it. I think Coles were like trying to capitalise on the whole thing and they were going to start a whole culture war out of the two then you could have got ended up being Woolworths versus Coles and then we have what ALP versus LIB you never know we could we could divide the nation into just do you support Australia Day or not this could be our civil war it could have been the only problem I think they ran into is they realized that man Australians really just don't give that much of a crap about the flag itself yeah like because the merch sucked how many how many items do you own that have images of like Australia on them. Zero. 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 Is it mean me too? Zero. I have one sibling sorry, who has no. the Southern Cross tattooed on Sorry, me. sorry. I have one. I have a 2007 Australian cricket jersey. It has the Southern Cross on it. There you go. That is the <laughs> only, and it's falling apart. So do I still, I don't even wear it anymore. I just have it. But it's the only thing. True cricket fan, my ass and age my head. I've got better jerseys to wear that are in pink. <laughs> but, um, like, I don't know. It, it's the same thing with um the Triple J Hottest 100. You think about how the fact they had it on the 26th. They changed it to the 27th. No one really cared anyway. But it's dwindling of the fact that people are not heightened in their senses of enjoyment for the Australian culture when we are more exposed to the fact of our history. So hopefully then you might be able to get more of a conversation coming through. But as long as you have the differentiating viewpoints from ages, nothing will change with it. I don't care anything about the day 
as long as I get a public holiday on one day a year, then that's all I give a shit about. Because that's really what it gets broken down to. I noticed this year in particular, there was a lot more people trying to start discussion about it. But for the most part, everyone was like, yeah, Friday's off this year. How good's that? Three-day oh, weekend. Friday, having Friday off was absolutely amazing. That was per- if we I could organize that. more of that, giving us the Friday off. Maybe that's what we do. We just have a fr- a random Friday in January be Australia Day. I mean, if it's a Monday, I won't mind too much either. A it Monday has to, or a Friday. It has to be start or end of the week. Yeah, and you just give them a three-day weekend. Yep. That's all you need to do. It doesn't need to be a specific date like America of July 4th. Britain has, I don't care. I don't. Do they have like do monarchy day where they celebrate the monarch? Yes. That, I'm a, are you serious? I bet you they 100% do. Bro, we have that same day that they have. It's called the fucking Queen's birthday weekend. It's King's isn't birthday. It? But King's that's birthday not what. Now. No, that's specifically to celebrate the King's birthday, which doesn't even fall on the King's birthday because he's born in September. Oh, yeah. It, but if you go back through history and you look at any date, it turns out that humans, if if given any opportunity, will change major parts of the of the storyline. For convenience. And that's what I really, really like about Australia is that we are so convenient with when we do it, where it's like, what happened on that day? A lot's happened on those days in questions. What day should we pick? And everyone just goes, oh, can we just have it so it's really easy to have the weekend off? So Christmas got moved to that date because it matched up with when Rome's biggest holiday at the time was. And they went, hey, we're trying to have this new party why don't we just host it when the world's biggest party's on and then some people want to come out and hang out with us? And that's how we ended up with Christmas in December. Yeah. Because it, no matter where you look, we're always going to go like, yeah, but it's a lot easier for me if we change it this way. And if you just get enough of those people together, we can have it whenever we like because <laughs> it's simple and easy. Um, so they don't. They just have bank holidays. We've got early May bank holiday, spring bank holiday, summer bank holiday. Can you tell that the greyest nation and the most boring people on the planet literally called it, this is the first bank holiday? It's like, why? Because well, uh, it's it a holiday first. for the bank. <laughs> so they just called it the In early thing. May. The early May bank holiday. What is? It's a day for the bank not to work. I think that's what it is. And then and the public doesn't have to work technically either because if the banks aren't open, why do anything? Exactly. Do we get bank holidays? Yep. They're called public holidays. <laughs> oh, Jack. You learn heaps. <laughs> Honestly, the world is full of new and natural and exciting discoveries. If you just, you know, it's all about supplanting the ego, boys, so you can <laughs> get out there and you can absorb knowledge organically. Man, I wish I was as oblivious as you. The world <laughs> would be so nice. I live a remarkably simple existence, and I don't know if that's ever at all conveyed on the shows I do where... The natural reaction that I hope to inspire in the listener is, what the fuck is that dude talking about at as many points of the day as I can? Like, what else you got for us? Hit us with something so vital, so pivotal to the recesses of our human brain, but it will be forever stuck in. Yeah, all right, easy. This one's been sticking with me. It comes from Theo Vaughn and Shane Gillis, a little excerpt they did together. Fantastic. Where Shane said, Theo, you've actually asked a question that I don't think a single human being has ever asked, and it's stuck with me to this, where Theo was like, do you think, like, Hitler had to drive to the Holocaust? Like, what was his commute (laughs) to evil? (laughs) Because 
And knock, like, knock, who's there? Altism. Yeah, yeah, right. But I, I really like that point because it huh. did, then lead, led me down the process of thinking. Because do you not know how the Holocaust became a thing? No, I no, I know that, but no, no. You, it was the question of to separate work and like life. That's the like, question, he, right? Like, like it was his job. <laughs> so like, what was so either he's got to switch off process or there was like no, no, no. This isn't, and this is horrible. And we, of course, we fucking hate Nazis, right? That doesn't need to be said, but also it's going on the internet. It really needs to be said. But I'm just fascinated if, like, he had, like, well, this isn't my holocausting room. <laughs> I need to be in a different chalet. <laughs> like, really, you just separate the Hitler from work than from the Hitler at home. The, right, yes. Now, Andy's Googling I'm something which is horrible, which is, like, how to report a friend or something. <laughs> I guess the main premise of that is attaching the, the boringness and the mundaneness of our human lives to political or massive figures that you don't, I guess, attribute that to. Fair. So, one, that stuck with me. I've been thinking about that quite a bit, which is like, did he drive and check it out? I don't think he actually seen one. From the, from the history shows I watched, I don't think he's actually seen one. Did McGurk just, McGurk just got out. What a shame. He was actually smacking it. Is it but why? Like It was caught behind. Well, he hasn't. He's he's clearly hit it because he's not checking it. He's not happy about it either. Let's have a look. Slow mo replay. Oh yeah, he's just tickled that. Not out. I challenge that. Of course you would. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not good at cricket, but I'd definitely challenge that. Can't. It's one hand, one bouncer. <laughs> <laughs> I also have been spending a lot of time on the news. On the news, you on say? On the news. Well, there's been not much happening in my world of sport. There really hasn't. Um, Stanley Cup has rebranded itself. Wait, what? Yep. The Stanley Cup. Have you not? No, I haven't. He, co- doesn't, he doesn't talk to women. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, I, I constantly hear them talk about it. All the Stanley the Cup. Hockey's never been more popular. Yeah, they, they included a straw now. Are you not aware of the new Stanley Cup? No. Can, can we Google? Andy, can you Google new Stanley Cup, please? In one of the best brand pivots of all time, Josh, the Stanley Cup is now coming to a white woman near you. Oh, God. <laughs> you are aware of what I'm talking about, right? Now I am. Now I am. So, they're out there, confusing many the young sports fan. Like yeah. No shit. But the other biggest piece of news that has happened around the world since I think we spoke last, has been an interesting series of tweets from a young man who lives in New York that started end of last year that says, I don't know how to explain this. <laughs> I don't know where this is going. I live on the base floor of an apartment in New York City and I swear to you I hear Yiddish under my floorboards. That was October last year. Now what happened, which is I think what should happen, is that everybody called that man crazy and a lunatic. Yep. Because that's fucking crazy. Mm-hmm. Until January this year. What? When it was found that underneath a specific synagogue in New York City, a section of the parishioners of that temple had in fact been digging tunnels underneath New York City. And I don't know how far they spread. 
Not super far. It's not like the whole city. Definitely under that dude's apartment, <laughs> but <laughs> which came the best series of tweets early this year where he got to have the, I told you all I wasn't fucking crazy. So <laughs> the question is, like, I, I heard a couple of tweets that had said about this, that it was built around COVID and it was a way for them to kind of subvertly get around the city during the lockdowns so they could still go through their worship and it just kind of expanded further. But what actually happened with it? Like, it kind of, you know, they talked about it. They said all the cops are going in and then it just kind of died off from internet stratosphere. Well, uh, it can mean one of only two things. They're all still down there. They're, no, I I didn't follow up much further than that initial shock. I was then even more shocked, which was like, oh, crap, there's tunnels. Look, look, here's footage of people crawling out of these grates and they built it. Fantastic engineering down there. But it got even crazier, was, which was the city's response of, we are sending the police force into the tunnels to flush them out. And then it became the... An exact copy of, like, is it the third Batman movie? Yeah, the third Batman movie. The third movie. Batman movie where all the cops go into the tunnels. Yeah, I was just about to say, I was like, did they blow up the entrance to the tunnel? And then a man with a mask was like, I'm giving the city back to you, I, the I, people. I tell you what, though, if you're not like a half-crazed New York impersonator, I like to think of the other people that aren't directly involved, which is my favourite thought experiment to do whenever things like meth or ice get blown up. <laughs> <laughs> Which I know doesn't make any sense, right? But because the, the the thing with when it comes to like meth and ice and those sorts of things is they're always in there digging and scratching and looking for a microphone, right? And we're all like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. But here's the thought experiment that I like to do. But what happens if they actually fucking find one? Because that's heaps scarier than them spending years not finding one. Because if they find one, what happens next? So the question I had is like, man, imagine all the absolute crazy homeless people who are in New York City who have been right for years about it because they've clearly been saying weird shit like this. And they're not right because they knew. They're just right because they're crazy and they just so happened that they're crazy lined up well enough with what's happened in real life. But how many people now are going to reconsider the knowledge of every crazy homeless person they've run into? Like, the flow-on effects of this is dangerous. Not because of what you're thinking about, which is like, oh, you know, the subway tunnel could fall in and it could crush New Yorkers. No, how many solid normal business people on Wall Street are like, well, if he was right about that, and then they all buy stocks in Tesla or something. I was going to say, your meth thing reminded me of something that happened over the summer. Oh, when you did meth? No. <laughs> oh, okay. Where me and Josh were walking across oh, the road when in you Warrawong. you guys did meth, right. Uh, duh. <laughs> we walked across the road in Warrawong and what did we see? Oh, no. <laughs> uh. <laughs> we seen a meth head looking for a, a thing, something under his skin. Because, yeah. There was, was a lot of blood. He was crouched and digging something out of his leg and there was just so much blood. <laughs> it was not pretty. It wasn't. So... In thinking that, no, I don't care what the crazy people have said over the years. They're still not right. <laughs> if you find something mad, who cares? Still on meth. I'm, I'm just saying that the second they pull out a microphone from a packet of sausages, society's changing real quick. <laughs> like, that's my number one fear is that they become justified in that delusion. <laughs> because, like, Edward Snowden must have done so much damage to every single counsellor on the planet who was like, 90% of your sessions with a crazy person are like, no, there's no way the government's spying on you. 
Why would they do that? And then Snowden comes out. Imagine being a fucking psychologist that day. Going, great. Oh, shit. Well, every appointment's going to be, I fucking told you so. <laughs> you can't tell me shit. It, like, it, it's that aspect of journalism that concerns me. It's like, we don't think about how the crazy people who are, and I've never met an unmotiv- unmotivated crazy person in my entire life. Think about it. When was the last time you saw someone who was insane crazy, genuine government conspiracies, that wasn't working their fucking ass off to prove it? <laughs> so you're telling me we just need to get the grindset off the crazies. I need to go sit by them, learn by them, bring a notepad and read like, how do you have a good at worth ethic and how can I apply this to myself? All I'm saying is if, if Hawking did meth and wasn't in a chair, things would be different. Crazy people fascinate me. I, I myself are a crazy person. Have spent <laughs> significant portions of my life crazy. And in those moments, I've really been getting work done. Tell us. Inspire us with your incredible worth ethic when you've gone completely bonkers, Jack. Um God, it we're going a little bit further back now. It was never fun crazy. Like, I was never like the government's out to get me. It was just kind of like not knowing I was ADHD, thinking that people in my house were messing with me, but it just turns out I don't have object permanence. And what's been brutal about that is I've been spending time with my niece and she's she's growing and she's learning and it's super, super cool to watch like a little human being grow up in front of you. Mm. But I'm watching this motherfucker pick up skills that I know my brain won't let me have and I'm starting to get jealous. Like... Peekaboo still fucking slaps for me. <laughs> and she's starting to grow out of it. <laughs> and that really, like, the, the, the line you have to play where it's like to be excited, to be like, oh, look at you, go look at your brain. And the, the jealousy aspect of being like, you little shit. Like, <laughs> what do you mean? It's, I knew you were behind there. Motherfucker, you hid from me for 15 seconds, 10 minutes ago. What the fuck? It wasn't until I opened up my hands that I finally realized you were actually still there. I was terrified. I feel really bad for both of you. I actually feel sorry for the Dragons because it's not been a good off-season for you guys. Vein in his forehead that's just throbbing at the moment. Jack, calm down, it's okay. If we get invaded, I will be at the border. And I will keep anybody 